0: for the quitters game quitters listen up quitters game quitters it's the game quitters podcast with camadare and jason wellwood on today's episode pop the champagne it's been 90 days baby the 90 day detox project has come to an end and for you we have the 90 day detox survival kit and now your co-host jason wellwood What's up Game Quitters community? Jason Wellwood here with you for another episode. It's the big 14 and you know what? For me, I'm very excited today because this is, it's huge. It's uh, been the end of my 90 day journey. Yes, I took on the 90 day detox about episode 2, I believe. Episode 2 it must have been. When I started this with Cam, this podcast, and we got together and said, let's do this. Let's get this out into the world. I wasn't even thinking about taking on this 90-day detox project. 90 days without gaming. I just thought, I'm fine. I don't really need that. I'm in control of myself. But, man, am, am I glad I took it on because I learned so much. I learned an incredible amount. And for me, this episode is really like a celebration because it marks the end of that journey of, of something that has changed me. Like, so much. It's more than I can even begin to describe My life has changed substantially. The way I look at my life in so many aspects, whether that be the way I look at family, the way I look at relationships, money, uh, my career goals, my future, so many things have changed just because of this one thing that, like I said, when I started this, I didn't even think I'd be doing. I just sincerely hope that uh, this podcast has helped you stay focused. Like, we're here for you every week because we want to help people who need help, and that's really the end of it. You know, even when I started this thing, I've never hated video games, and I think that's something that people get wrong about what we do here. They think, they hear game quitters and they go, oh, they're just a bunch of preachy people who want to just go out there and, uh, you know, poop on the party. They don't care about having fun. They don't know what they're talking about. No. No. I think video games are a great art form. I think I respect the people who make them and spend hours and hours with art and coding and sound design and and direction and writing. There's so many things that go into making video games, especially nowadays. That's really quite impressive. But there are many out there who are becoming addicted and those are the people we really just want to help. Again, it's not out of a hate for video games. It was always just out of I need to shift my priorities so everybody's different we just want to help people who need it if you don't need it hey more power to you right but i look at this 90 day detox process and i go wow just wow it's it's a challenge it really is more so than i thought so i celebrate today because i made it to the end but i didn't want to celebrate alone because i I wanted to be able to have a bit of a sounding board someone i could bounce ideas off of, and and give you, the listener, even more value from this episode of the podcast. So today I'm going to be sitting down with Jared Webb. Jared Webb is from Australia, and when we did this interview, I kid you not, I called him just about 12 o'clock in the morning. And for me, I'm just waking up and starting my day. The time difference is insane, so a big props to Jared right out of the gate for... Staying up as late as he did to do this interview, I really appreciate it. But it made this episode so much more valuable to me personally because I could really talk with someone who knew exactly what I was feeling going through all this stuff. And I think it's going to be a huge benefit to you because we have some great insights for you that we put together to help you on your journey. So this episode is about celebrating this program and the success that you may have already had are having right now or plan to have in the future if you're doing the detox this episode is dedicated to you and let's kick it off right away without any further ado my guest mr jared webb from sydney australia enjoy jason wellwood here with jared webb and if you haven't heard of jared before i got to introduce this guy to you because he, I feel like he's my brother from another country right now. Jared is from Australia, and as we sit here, he is just going on about 12:30 p.m. or sorry, AM, PM, I wish, AM tomorrow, and I'm to start my day at about 8:30 a.m. Jared and I have something in common, though, here today, and that is that we have both completed. The 90-day detox. Yes, this is the big episode that we had been talking about since episode two, and I've been anticipating this one. The end of the road, people. We made it, but I couldn't celebrate alone. I I felt like we had to bring someone in to share their experience, someone from the community, and it just lined up perfectly that Jared happens to be a hundred days. Excuse me, a hundred days through his detox. So a huge Uh, Huge congratulations to Jared. Now, before I introduce this fine fellow, I do want to say a big thank you to everybody who sent Cam to Tanzania to build the clean water well out there. This is his second trip out there now. And because of your generous donation support and just the... Ongoing support, not just for this campaign, but just for game quitters in general. Like, you know, if Cam doesn't have that support from this great community, he never would be able to even think about doing stuff like this. So we'll be welcoming Cam back on the next episode next week and uh, catching up with him. But in the meantime, let's celebrate. It's on. And I'm here with Jared Webb from all the way in Sydney, Australia. Jared, how are you doing this evening? Morning? Morning?
1: Uh, g'day, yeah, no, I'm doing pretty well. It's a bit chilly down here. I think you guys are nice and warm over your side of the world, but, uh, yes, yeah, I think it's down to about four degrees Celsius at the moment, so I'm very rugged up.
0: Yeah, it's winter time over there, isn't it?
1: Sure is. our definition of winter time's is probably a lot different to yours, like we don't get any snow, but, um, four degrees is still pretty cold for us.
0: Yeah, no, I can imagine, you know, it's been scorching hot here every day. I've been uh, sweating like a madman. The other day, I uh, this last weekend, I went out for a hike uh, with my, my wife and my my sister-in-law and just, uh, we, we went to somewhere called Drumheller, Alberta. It's close by. They have this huge dinosaur museum there. It's insane, that place. And I haven't been there since I was just a little kid, probably back in the 90s. So to see that place change was really incredible. But the environment out there it's the strangest thing you're in Alberta there's prairies and green everywhere and then all of a sudden you drive down into this valley and it's like you're in the desert it's like you've stepped into another world it's the most bizarre thing but it was almost 30 degrees celsius and we were out hiking in in the direct sunlight all day oh man people always say Canada is this land of ice and snow but uh, you come here in the summertime man I'll, I'll show you you'd be sweating your balls off (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it's that similar to the Dino or the dinosaur park they got down in California, because didn't they it used to have one as well?
0: You know, I'm not too sure. I've never actually been down there. I'd have to ask Cam because uh, I wonder if he's gone. You know, the one here they've got all these amazing fossils though that they've dug up over the years, and uh, it's just really, really fascinating to go to go there. Uh, a bit busy on the weekend, you know. You got kids running around and stuff, and they just, you know, they get a real kick out of that. Uh, but. You know, I always thought of the museum as the place you go to, like, read about the exhibits. The kids are just trying to climb all the dinosaurs and, you know, (laughs) they don't care. They don't want to read. Kids don't go to a museum to read. But anyway, I guess we should get on topic here. Jared, a big congratulations to you. You made 100 Days of the detox and I know you learned a lot. I read your blog post which is on the Game Quitters website. You can check that out gamequitters.com. Jared made a fantastic fantastic post about why he decided to quit gaming and he left some of his insights there and things he experienced through the process, things he learned. I encourage you to read that. But today what we're going to do is break down the top 10 things that you need to know going into a detox and this is personal from Jared and I both who have Kind of, you know, put our heads together to, uh, excuse me. Oh, that's the morning uh, acid reflux. There we go. I need to get some bacon in me, I think. Oh, man. <laughs> Shout out to bacon. We uh, put down the top 10 insights from the 90 Day Detox, things we've learned, things that uh, we went through, and we've kind of boiled it down just for you. So if you're thinking of doing this, you haven't started yet, maybe you're in the middle of it, maybe you just want to compare to what you've learned, this is a great list that'll give you the strength you need to get through the 90 days and the tips you need. Think of them as lifelines, things you can lean on and take action with to make your 90 day detox a successful one. And Jared, before we get to that, I wanna learn more about you and your story. For those who haven't heard it yet, tell me a bit about how you got started, how you ran into CAM and, and what inspired you to kind of you know, uh, take on this challenge and see it through to the end.
1: um, Look, I think, most, like most other people on the forums, I came across Cam uh, a few years ago because he's been around doing it since, I think, about 2009-ish. But I didn't really pay much attention to it until uh, earlier this year uh, where uh, I found that I was getting uh, frustrated uh, a lot when I wanted to play games or I wanted to have my own time, um, whereas my family wanted me to spend time with them, so my, my son and my wife... Um, would quite rightly so get annoyed with me as well. And um, I just think one day, I think I can almost remember the exact moment where I decided I had to do something about it was when I'd been given some time off work uh, to progress my studies and uh, my family had gone out for the day to give me some peace and quiet. And uh, instead of capitalizing on that, I ended up just pretty much playing games all day and having nothing to show for essentially what everyone had done for me in that day. So that was what kicked me off of that day. I, I um,
0: That sounds so familiar, you know, Jared. I, I've done that same thing. You're not alone there. I, I definitely have been in that exact situation. And it's hard when you let those people down, isn't it?
1: Is, and it really made me feel quite rubbish and um, that I wasn't really, you know, returning the, the favour or the or, uh, the generosity these people were having. So I felt uh, pretty bad with myself and I felt a bit down and I, I got a bit depressed about it. Um, and then I, I can't remember if I headed over to YouTube or the website first and um, just started uh, reading um, basically Cam's story and a few of the videos and just realised, you know, this is definitely something I've got to get on board and This is going to be the lifeline or the the catalyst or the run to help me get out of it and get back on track. uh, Yeah, I just went from there. Um, I had a big, uh, a bit of a relapse over Easter um, and learned a lot over Easter um, and a few of my points I did learn mainly over Easter but um, that's I guess when I realised that, you know, giving up gaming is not just one or the main element. It was actually a, a bit part of the bigger picture of, you know, trying to improve and trying to change myself for not just me, but for my family, and and you know, ultimately to try and get through my studies as well. So, um, yeah, and it's been great. I've got nothing to complain about. I've enjoyed every step.
0: So it seems like you really have come a long way, and I can relate to your story, as I said, because you you spoke early on about trying to study, and then you would have an opportunity to oh, I really have to catch up. I really have to focus. But that pull that that urge to just, oh, well, maybe I'll just play for a half hour, then I'll start. I will I'll promise I'll start after a half hour, but it never really works that way. Yeah, next thing I've you know, it's 6 and, p.m.
1: and then everyone's coming home.
0: Yeah, and then you have to kind of scramble and make it look like you were really, you know, busting your ass and breaking a sweat, working hard, but really you've done nothing. You're staring at a blank page and I think that's one of the things for me too that always it always hurt me the most because I couldn't communicate that to anyone because I was ashamed and embarrassed that, you know, they would find out, but it was always there. I was the only one who knew that I'm really wasting a lot of time and I'm lying to people and I'm, you know, using this as an escape from things that matter, not just to me, but to those around me because I'm accountable to them, right? And yeah, it's not a good way to, to live, you know. We've talked over and over that. Uh, we've talked over and over that for some you know games aren't even a bad thing necessarily and you have to be able to identify and recognize those situations where wow I really am taking advantage of this to my own detriment you know it's not this is not a good thing anymore you know if you have that issue personally of you know I can't use this constructively. I can't use this as an escape, a temporary escape, and I can't pull myself away. I can't stop. I can't think about anything else. I can't be responsible. I think that is kind of where you start to realize I need to take some steps. And it's good that a program like the 90 Day Detox exists because it, it's kind of like once you realize that you want to change, you don't always know how to do it. Did you feel confused when you realized you needed to make a change or was it did you find that like the timing just kind of came together perfect for you and you were like oh well here's this thing that i can do like when you first saw the detox i guess i'm curious were you like reluctant were you thinking "Ooh, i can't do that that sounds very difficult i don't think i'd have the stomach to get through that or, or what did you feel when you
1: uh. No, initially I didn't. Um, I actually was a little bit excited um, that, you know, obviously that I wasn't alone and I guess that's a big key is everyone thinks they're unique and alone in this situation but we're not, you know, there's many people out there. So initially I was really excited about it. The stuff that I found was quite challenging was working through the Respawn um, workbook and where you had to do stuff like uninstall your games, start getting rid of things, that's the stuff that really made it confronting to me, and I found that quite challenging, and um, I guess that was what really made me think, you know, why am I doing this, am I doing the right thing, is this what I want, Um, but, you know, that's the whole point of it, you're supposed to see if you do really want it, and if you do, then, um, you know, get all that stuff out of your life, because you don't need it anymore, But, but you're completely right, like, a lot of things in moderation are healthy for a lot of people, but once reaches that point where you depend upon it um, you've got to move on you got to rip off that band-aid
0: yeah and you know it's kind of like exactly i love that term rip off the band-aid although god just thinking about that i have a lot of leg hair you ever have like a big cut on your leg and you have to rip a band-aid off god i don't know how uh for any of you who go and get waxed i don't know how you do that you know <laughs> That takes some willpower. But anyway, ripping off the band-aid, taking the jump, going to the edge of the cliff and being like, okay, goodbye, I'm jumping. That can be terrifying because you just stand there and here's this thing, 90-day detox. It's like bungee jumping. Can you make that jump? Can you actually do that? I mean, it's terrifying. And the thing is, the longer you sit there and look at what's before you, the less likely you're just going to go and do it. And I think you just have to jump in and be like, okay, forget the fears, forget the doubts. Let's just do it. And like you said, along the way, on the way down, it might start off smooth, but you're going to hit the bottom and then all of a sudden there's going to be some tension on that that cord and you're going to come back up and it's going to be hard for a little bit. That's kind of like the detox. There's ups, there's downs. And uh, I I can totally resonate with what you said about getting rid of uh, maybe some of your games and making that decision. This is what I want to do. And even though it's incredibly difficult, I need to do that. There's an episode uh, a few back where I talked about that very same thing. And it isn't easy. It brings back a lot of hard emotions and feelings that you didn't think you'd have to confront. Like it's nostalgia, things that make you feel happy, you know, things that make you feel, you know, um, kind of just warm and like oh I had such good times with this things but then there's like this weird mix it's like a toxic soup almost because there's all these bad memories too of things the time you wasted and things that took away from you and after it was over and I had given away a huge box of stuff and and made a few dollars off of it too it was just kind of like you know what that was totally worth it but if you never make that jump you never really get to like learn hey that is totally worth it you know what I mean so I encourage those who are thinking of taking the jump if you need that extra push what uh, jared mentioned earlier the the uh, respawn program that is a great complement to the 90-day detox you don't have to do the 90-day detox alone on your own you can you certainly can just take it on as a challenge and go for it but if you feel like you need that push to kind of give you the boost and maybe it's kind of like having a guide on your journey you can check out cam's uh, respawn program as well because what you're supposed to do with respawn is do the detox first but i found that uh you know even if you're getting near the end of your detox and then you take on Respawn, it works different for everybody because there's a lot of steps in there. And I think you would agree with this where it's like, OK, this kind of keeps me focused on the goal. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's, it's I mean, even if you don't want to do it at the completion of detoxing, try and give it a go at the start, which I did, um, even though it is challenging, it does give you some tools on on how to go through. Um, I guess, the urges and how to get yourself into developing new hobbies and, and new targets or challenges, because there's a bunch of challenges in there as well. So if you jump in headfirst um, without a plan, it helps give, give you a plan.
0: Definitely. And I would say know your style too. know how you work. If you think you need to take things slow one at a time, you can do the detox first and then you can move on to respawn. But like Jared said, he just did it you know, alongside it and and it worked for him. So if you're interested in that, learn a bit more about the Respawn program and see if maybe that could help you. Because I find that having a guide on this journey, whatever it is for you, some sort of focus, some sort of steps can help because that's the thing with it. It's so scary sometimes to just jump into 90 days and be like, what do I do? There's no guide. There's no no rules. You just have to do it. You have to survive. It's like throwing you out in the wilderness with a loincloth and a club and you have to fend for yourself. And that's it. Exactly what it feels like. So all in all, um, before we get to our top 10 list of uh, what we're calling the 90 day detox survival kit, I just want to uh, not again, not only uh, congratulate Jared on on your success, but uh, just to anyone else listening who might be at the same point as us and uh, maybe just made that transition into 90 days or are nearing it. uh, What you did is not easy to do and uh, you know what we're here today to celebrate that and maybe if you're you know not quite through yours yet or you're thinking of doing it and one day you come back and listen to this episode and go I made it well then this is for you too you know this this thing it's uh, this episode hopefully it'll last for years and years and and those who need a little, you know, a pat on the back for doing a job well done. You, you deserve it because sometimes people aren't going to tell you, hey, good job, because maybe you want to, maybe you want to keep it a little private to yourself, you know, that this was something for me and I, I don't, you know, want to talk too much about it. Just know that whoever you are and whatever your journey was to get here, uh, you definitely deserve, you know, you, you deserve a, a pat on the back. You deserve uh, some sort of recognition for what you've done. Uh, I certainly feel like uh Jared and I both have come a long way. I, I I think you might agree with me that you probably don't even feel like the same person at the end of this thing.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah.
0: And uh it just to look back at the person you were when you started uh before we get into those lists, Jared, I'm I'm curious how do you see yourself as different now from that guy? And I know you've already talked a bit about the struggles you had, but uh I guess you could go back and tell that guy some something that you've learned or give him an insight or just say like hey this is what it's going to be like what would you say uh oh that's a that's a tough one um i'd probably tell
1: him he's going to achieve a lot more and he's going to be a lot more productive and um you know, he's oh, that's a tough one yeah i'd say it's i'm definitely yeah. more productive now than what i was back then i did Looking back and seeing what I was spending my hours and my days on, I wasn't achieving anything. I was stagnating. So i just go back and say, you know, while the 90 days is going to be tough, like once you come out the other end, you're going to be far more productive and a better value to everyone around you than what you are in right now, which is just a random statistic sitting behind a computer.
0: There you go. So achievement is a big part of this, and it sounds to me like achievement has been a big part of your life. You're no longer that random statistic behind the computer. Yeah, it's got to be nice knowing that I'm getting somewhere now. And I think that's at the the end of the day, that's why so many of us do this. We just want to be getting somewhere, making some sort of progress instead of spending another hour. Uh, Let's see here. We've got a great list and I think we should just launch right into it because, I mean, this has come from like I said a, a combined total of 180 days of detox experience between the two of us. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of hard times, there's been a lot of ups, there's been a lot of downs. It's a roller coaster ride. And I know that it was not easy to pick 10 things, but what we tried to do here for you today is pick the things that we felt were the most valuable. But of course, we do encourage you as well to share your list, and if you want to do that with us, you're welcome to on the Game Quitters Forum, gamequitters.com. Make a a post for yourself that shares the insights you've learned from your detox process or if you're going through it right now the things you're learning currently and share that with the community because I feel like the more tips you can give and put out there everybody's different and everybody's going to latch on to something different and I'm not saying you have to live by these 10 things that we've put out here but we feel that they're pretty strong and if you need some guidance they're gonna they're gonna be a big benefit to you. So let's jump right into it with our first tip on the list of the We're calling the 90-Day Detox Survival Kit. This is tip number one. And that is to make a values list. Now, a values list can be anything. It's very personal. There's really no one way to make a values list. But why is it so important? Well, it kind of is like writing your mission statement it sets the groundwork for you going forward to decide what you want to become and what you want to change about yourself because a big part as we talked about about the 90 day detox is making a change in who you are and becoming someone else making progress moving forward so a values list can help you do that in a many ways and for me I did this very early on in the process and my values list was pretty large I have about 60 values on there because once I found that I started writing I had about 10 at first and it just kept growing and growing and there's really no limit to how many values you want to have but values can be anything they can be uh, what do I want for my family Uh, what do I want for relationships with friends and other people how do I want to interact with the world what is important to me do I have certain beliefs that I want to uh, pursue or live by Uh, what do I want for my body in a, from a health standpoint, my body and my mind, how do I achieve these things? What affirmations can I give myself? So for example, if I can just off the top of my head, take a few things out of mine. Uh, I know that I had things on there, like, uh, listen to other people's opinions, even if you don't agree and be respectful. That's a huge value for me. Uh, but at the same time, also, you know, defend your own opinions when, somebody maybe challenges you things like that that's a huge one for me and that's a more of a communication based one but i had ones based on family you know like uh and this is different for everybody of course but always provide and protect those who are close to you as best as you can give offer them something you know Uh, that's a huge value for me uh i also had many that were more personal like you know take time to unplug to turn off the cell phone and go out into nature and uh, experience the world as it is. And that list, like I said, it goes on and on, and there's so many things on there. And you could come up with just about anything. Jared, I don't know, have you done anything similar for yourself?
1: Uh, I have. Um, I made a flow chart of basically uh, what I was trying to achieve, not just with the, the detox, but with life in general, um, to try and deal with feeling frustrated and, and not accomplished, um, to try and break down, okay, well, I want feel accomplished or if I want to feel like I'm getting somewhere, um, what can I do that will play into those values? And uh, I, did, I didn't I did actually write them all out in a list but I, I made a flow chart to try and break down which are the most important ones and which ones I should prioritise over others. And I guess the, the key thing that I wanted to raise there to, to add to what you were saying is that don't think or don't, you don't need to follow a, a set structure. So use whatever works for you. So if you have a list and that works, then that's great. And you know, you write down, if you only got three or five or, or up to 60, that's great too. But if a flowchart works for you, um, it worked for me. I know there's a couple of guys on the forum that had different, similar uh, mind mappings um, that help them out. You know, it's, it, whatever, it's very individual. It's so all
0: unique to you. Yeah. And I would definitely agree with that. I think that having that flowchart mentality is good because it works for the way that you like to think and everybody thinks differently and expresses themselves differently and and that's really just a from an operational standpoint, how do you work? Like you could even take a bunch of post it notes and draw, you know, stick man drawings of your values if you want. There's really no rules on how you do this. It's really up to you. And like I said, for me, a big list worked because I like to write and I find that the way I structured my values was one sentence per value. It wasn't just a word, it was like something that described. And That works great for me but it's not gonna work for everybody so you have to find something that helps you define what you stand by what you live for in your own life and then just make it and I find that by reflecting on that I do mine every morning I pull it up and I just read through it before I start my day because every time I do that it's it sticks in your head just a little bit more and one thing I found is that when you're going through your list or looking at your values it might at first feel like they're not sticking but just keep doing it. You could be read, you could read them over every day for two, three weeks and it might still feel like these aren't sticking. But I promise you, if you keep doing it, your brain picks up very well on this stuff and eventually you will start finding yourself going in a situation where you go, oh, hey, this lines up with a value I wrote down. I, it'll just kind of come to you. And uh, the more you recognize those things that you want to do, the more likely, likely you are to take that positive action and do those things. Um, and I found that for myself and Like I said, whatever works for you, make a list, make a flowchart, draw, uh, just define it in some way, whatever way works for you and uh, use it to your advantage. So what do you stand for? Uh, What are the things that are important to you in all aspects of life? There are no boundaries, no rules, no limits. Just make a list of anything that comes to mind. And when you write this list, I'll leave you with this on this point. Sit down with it and don't force it. If you feel like you're writing when you're stressed or rushed, that's not a good time to make your values list. Make sure you have time, maybe early in the morning, late at night, when you're alone, it's quiet, and you can just sit there and and let them come to you. Don't force them, but if something comes and you know, oh, hey, that's something that totally excites me or resonates with me, write it down and uh, make that list, reflect on it, keep it as your companion, and I promise you just by having that focus of what you stand for, um, it's going to help you remember why you're trying to change what you're trying to work towards and what you want out of your life so that's number one make a values list but number two on the list we have one straight from jared and i really like this one because it ties in in so many ways and that is to change your environment so changing your environment can mean a number of things and i feel it'd be best to let jared take this one and and explain how he sees it so tell me about changing your environment
1: Uh, yeah so this is um This one I learnt very early on with trying to deal with my urges, but you're right, it can take the form of um, either physical or mental. Um, But uh, for me, for example, when if I was at my computer in my office and I was starting to get that feeling of, oh, you know, no one's around, no one will know, I'll just get a few couple of minutes in. um, I just totally got myself, removed myself from the situation, so I'd just get away from my computer go do something else, get away from the desk, um, go outside. Or if I'm trying to take notes for study, then you know maybe I listen to a podcast on it or I'll write on paper rather than trying to sit in front of the computer. Um, what I ultimately ended up doing was getting a whole new computer because I found that the old one was giving me too many memories, but that's probably a bit too extreme. Um, but uh, another way to do it is you know even just sitting on the couch, you could, if you still need to be on the computer or want to stay on it, and you can control that, just move away from the office and um, go and sit on the couch or sit in the outside on a balcony or in a hammock or something like that. Um, another way that I did it um, was, going back to the, the mental piece, was um, I would call someone. Uh, so I, if I was struggling with it personally, I'd go, OK, I need to change my mental state about this. I, if I found that I couldn't stop thinking about uh, games or I couldn't get focused, then I'd just try and call someone or talk to someone um, completely different to... Uh, just reset my mind and get into the I don't know if you can hear my son crying there but um,
0: yeah he's he's having a rough night <laughs> that's totally okay Jared I understand this guy's a hard-working dad you got to understand you know and it's late over there
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah so yeah the, I guess the moral I was just trying to the story there was just it can't doesn't have to just be physical cha- physically changing your environment but you change it mentally as well so if you Finding yourself stuck in a loop, um, thinking about um, just relapsing or just frustrated with everything is I just called someone, talk about something completely different um, and just totally reset your brain and then just re-attack with whatever you're doing
0: after that. Definitely. Great advice too. And I know earlier you had mentioned like there's two, you know, Two sides to this, there's a physical and a mental, because sure you can rearrange the furniture all you like, but if you're still doing the same habits and you're just giving into what your brain uh you know is telling you and and your need for that dopamine release, if you know, you could change the furniture all you want. You could uh you could nail the couch to the ceiling, it's not gonna make a difference if you don't change the behavior with it. So, very good point there. And you know, it's funny, speaking of being a dad. You, know, you can hear your son there in the background a little bit. That's actually a funny uh, parallel that I can draw because you know, I'm married as well and, and my wife and I talk. We, we don't have kids yet, but we do talk about a future where when we have a family, uh, however soon that may be, you know, that is like a big change to your environment too. And I think for me looking at that, the day when I become a dad, I mean, I can't really imagine having time to play games anymore personally. And I think if if I hadn't tackled the 90 day detox and kind of curbed that, it might've been a problem for me. And I think about what if I was trying to take time away from my own, my own kids, I think that would be harder than feeling the, personal guilt because now it's like all of a sudden you're spreading that that negative behavior out to even more people that you love and care about and I know that's never easy it's something even you struggled with for a little bit there where you just felt like you weren't giving the time to the people that mattered in your life so just think about the ways that not only you can change your environment now, but how you want to change it for the future to reinforce the positive behavior, which I suppose is what I'm trying to say. I'm not telling you, hey, go out and have a baby because (laughs) that'll keep you off the games. I don't think that's for everybody, of course, but uh, I think I can relate to Jared that, uh, you know, one day being a dad uh, will be a huge change to my environment. And I think that'll just only help me to stay focused on what's important. So a great point there on changing your environment, Jared. Uh, The next one is number three on the list. We're going to keep this train rolling. It is to go public. Yes, go public with your commitment. And what does that mean? What does it mean to go public? Well, that could be anything whatever it means to you now everybody expresses themselves differently but i found that by going public with my commitment to try and make it through 90 days i was more likely to find success and i think many in the forums many in the community many out there in the world doing this thing and maybe if it's not even the 90 day detox just any commitment when you go public it really does make you realize that okay i can't screw up now or i'm gonna look I'm going to look like a fake. I'm going to look like a big phony because I didn't follow through. And by, you know, starting a podcast and saying, hey, I'm the new co-host and I'm going to do 90 days of not gaming. Yeah, that, that's kind of a pretty big thing to just, you know, go out and run my mouth to the whole world. If I don't follow up on that, not only is there going to be a lot of personal disappointment, but people around the world aren't going to take me seriously when I'm on the show. And for me, that's enough to make me go, yep, I got to see this through to the end. Now, you might be thinking, well, how do we know he even finished the 90-day detox? How do we know this guy's not playing Super Mario Bros. every day and just not talking about it? Well, the truth is, I don't think me or any reasonable human being could do such a thing. For me to come on the show once a week and commit to talking to you and trying to share my story and my experience, if I had to do this every day and know that I was lying to thousands of people out there in the world... I don't know how I could live with myself personally. So find a way, whatever it is for you to share, even if it's just, you don't have to go and start a podcast, even if it's just like your family, you know, you share to your family, I'm doing this and I'm asking for your support, please hold me accountable. That can be more than enough to jumpstart you and get you to the end of this thing. If you want to go on Facebook and post publicly about it, if you want to, you know, if you have a Steam account, if you want to go on there and, hey, just you know, stare the lion right in the face and go to your Steam friends and say, I'm done gaming and uh, I'm not going to be on here anymore. And if you see me on here, I encourage you to, to troll me a little bit because I'm done with games. And then, you know, delete that account, delete the things like we talked about, change your environment up and move on. But whatever it is to you, that means I'm going public. Whatever you have to do, just do it. And uh, I promise you that it's going to help. Jared, did you find this helped you? Did you go public in any way? Obviously, you've you know, posted on the Game Quitters website, but in what ways did you find going public helped you?
1: Uh, look, I, I found it, yeah, you're right. I've, um, it keeps you accountable. Uh, initially, I only just had my uh, journal, and that was the way that I was doing it. Um, but I think as I progressed further and further, um, especially when I went to Canada and caught up with a friend because I was a, a gaming friend and, and told them, I found it very liberating um, having knowing that someone else knew as well. Um, and that really just put my, you know, I guess my feet to the fire. Um, and I understand what you're saying about, you know, you do, you'll feel fake if you're not doing the right thing. I, and when I had my relapse over Easter, I didn't want to tell anyone and I thought I could just keep it under wraps. But um, when I went to write that first journal entry on the following Monday, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. And um, I just found that, yeah, you know, I just... Having it, putting it out there and being honest with um, yourself and everyone around you that you're told about it um, really helped. And generally, people have been in the same situation, and they'll give you the tools to get through it as well.
0: Definitely. And uh, that's, that's funny that you mentioned, too, you said it was a friend from Canada that was a gaming friend of yours. That was when you were visiting here, wasn't it?
1: That's right. Yeah, I went up there after I met Cam in Vegas. Uh, I went up and went to Toronto and watched the Blue Jays play the Yankees for a few days.
0: Oh, you're so lucky. I still haven't even done that. I love the Blue Jays. If I could go and do that. Next time you come to Canada, let's go to a Blue Jays game. (laughs) Done. Oh, man, that sounds fantastic. But I I hear the struggle you must have had because it's a gaming friend, right? Did you find that, and this might be a little bit of a side note here, but did you find that when you came to Canada with a gaming friend that that kind of maybe detracted from your experience? Because I know one thing we've talked about on the show before where it's like, I'm traveling to another country, a place I've never seen, but I've got gaming on the mind. And I might even go and hang out with this person and we might just game while we're in this other country. You know, I guess to a point, there's nothing wrong with that. If you just do it recreationally, or are maybe staying at someone's house or whatever. But I know for some they travel and then that's all they want to do while they're on a vacation. And, and that kind of blows my mind because it's like, well, shouldn't you just enjoy this new experience and just take in as much of it as you can? Because soon you're going to go back to what you're used to you know, your normal life. And, uh, I don't know, did, did you find that when you were still playing games that was kind of like on your mind or maybe detracted from your experience? It, it was a little bit. Um, I traveled to the States, uh, probably about five years ago as well.
1: And I spent a lot of time over there playing wow, uh, online in my hotel room. And, um, I didn't really think much of it at the time, but when I went back this time, I was like, I don't want to do that again. I'm not interested in it. Um, I felt a little bit nervous meeting up with him and saying, oh, you know, uh, if he did suggest to play something, I had, to, I wasn't interested in it. But um, once I started talking to him about it, it was quite open and and it was really helpful about it. And to be honest, I was in the mid-40s, I think, when I, I went to Vegas and then onto to Toronto. So, I think a lot of the urges or the issues I was having um, controlling my mind and thinking about it were mostly gone by that stage. So, that was quite helpful yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's just something that I guess has always been something that, well, even that, like you could tie that into, uh, again, a great point that you made about changing your environment too. It's like, even though you might try to escape it physically, if that mental side isn't changing with it you could go anywhere in the world and if you're still if you're still you know addicted or you still just stuck in that cycle uh it's gonna come with you you know it packs a bag too it gets on the plane you know it takes the window seat
1: and the little armrest in between the two seats which is always frustrating
0: yeah and then it falls asleep on you and snores and starts drooling on your shoulder oh god So to go public is uh, just to draw it back there. um, You know, sit back and think about it. What way can I share this with the world and let them know that, yep, I'm uh, I'm done. So moving forward, number four is to take more time to live in the moment. Oh man, it seems like we just kind of covered this a little bit too. It's funny how these things line up, but uh, definitely you're on a vacation. You want to live in the moment. You want to take it in as much as you possibly can. And what other ways did you find that you allowed yourself to have more time and stay in the moment?
1: Uh, I forced myself to get off my phone, basically. That was the first step. I, the first step I had was um, trying to force myself to not think about games or think about the next time I'd play. But the second one was really get off my phone um, and put it away. And, um, you know, we're, we tend to check the news or we tend to just surf the web or check Twitter or whatever. I found that um, if I just really remove that aspect and only allocate myself a, some you know, set time and day, like an hour in the morning or an hour at night, um, to be able to do that, um, I found I really was more attentive to what was going on around me and just enjoying it a lot more um, rather than trying to escape into what was the news today or what was it yesterday. Just forget that. It's not important. What's going on right now? Um, and I found that as a result, um, I was getting a lot less frustrated because I didn't want to get back to checking what's going on or I didn't have, feel like I was missing out on something um, and I just started enjoying the simple things.
0: Right. And you said you kind of, you know, you started that off with get off the phone, uh, stop checking updates, stop being worried about what's going on everywhere else, the news, the the future, always on your mind, maybe even the past as well for some, having trouble getting over things that might have happened. Uh, did you have a system for yourself where it was like you just... Uh, could remind yourself to refocus if you were having trouble or drifting away?
1: Uh, I, I don't know if I had a system, but I just tried to be aware of it. So when I felt my, and you know, we will drift off and we'll think of other things. That's fine. That's only natural. But when I caught myself doing it, I just stop, pause, take a deep breath, go, okay, you know, forget about that. What is going on right now that needs my attention? Or what can, what can I do right now to enjoy what's going on or what's my, uh, going on around me? So true.
0: And you know, uh, it can be so easy to, to get lost in thought. And it's like you said, nobody can always be in the moment constantly. I mean, that's, that's asking a lot. I, as human beings, we we have to think about the future. Sometimes we have to contemplate where we're going and, and even reflect on the past. Sometimes too, there's nothing bad about that. In fact, it can be quite healthy, but to try and live in the moment as much as you can, I think is a, a noble goal because that's really all you can affect is what's happening right now we're all sharing this one moment right now and that's all you really have at any given moment life could be taken away you know tragically from any of us so what's the point in constantly worrying about the future or what you did wrong if you know this is all temporary And I think that by, although that might kind of scare some to hear that, you know, and and contemplate that, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of liberating in a way too, because you realize that in the moment you can really change anything. Now you, you can't completely change yourself in one moment, but you can always make that one small step. You always have that power that can never be taken away from you. You can always make some progress right now. So whatever that means to you, whatever progress is, just realize that you have 100% power to do whatever you need to do because you have the moment always. So just try to focus on that because through a detox process, you're gonna need that a lot. You're gonna need to stop thinking about what you used to do and stop worrying about if you'll make it to where you're trying to get to go and just try to get there by living right now. Some great advice. And I think uh, one that's maybe harder to, Kind of uh, put into practice sometimes, but uh, well worth it.
1: I I mean, I'm haven't perfected it. I'm still working on it, but um, any small step you take towards it's going to pay off in
0: dividends later. You know, Cam and I might have to do an episode on uh, the topic of meditation sometime on the podcast here, and just kind of give some people some gateways into how they can live more in the moment because meditation, although I've said before, a lot of people get the impression that maybe that means it has to be tied to something religiously. Not the case. I don't believe so. I believe you can meditate even if you're a non-religious person, whatever your beliefs may be. It's just, it's really like an exercise that just kind of, you know, it's like going to the gym and working your legs. It's like getting on the leg press and, and pushing some weight except for your brain. So uh moving forward from living in the moment, let's go to number five. We have, well, living life more deliberately. Living life more deliberately. What does that actually mean? Can you share with me, Jared, what you meant by living life more deliberately?
1: Sure. Um, this is a bit of a merge of some points um, from both Cam that he gave me and also from listening listening a lot to the Minimalist podcast. Um, but essentially the bottom line that I take out of this is uh, don't do things as an escape. Uh, I find it doesn't deal with the problem. Um, It just generally stagnates whatever that problem is or get worse. Um, So you really want to do things for a reason um, or do things with intent. Otherwise what you'll find is um, you'll just replace gaming with another uh, unproductive activity that's not going to help you at all. Uh, And you probably won't. Uh, you won't feel joy or fulfillment out of them. You'll just feel compelled or obligated to keep doing them. Um, so when you do, you know, get into, involved in your hobbies and get into them deliberately and, and with clear intent of using them as a break rather than an escape. Um, and, uh, you know, you can re- continue that for the rest of your life of, um, buying things, uh, and what the millimeters talk about is buying things deliberately as well. Um, but, you know, that can cover all facets of your life and not just starting with your hobbies or just starting
0: with hobbies. Definitely great point. And minimalism is something that's starting to kind of take the world by storm for a lot of people. Now, not everybody, of course. I think there's still a very, uh, especially in North America here, I notice it a lot too, that uh, consumerism and, and spending and acquiring things is kind of a, an addiction in itself for some. But I've noticed a lot more people, like you said, looking at that minimalism in, in both ways too. Not, like you said, not just buying things, but also just trying to, uh, you know, Uh, limit the amount of things that the amount on your plate right because you can only do so much and you can put all these expectations on yourself to get through a 90-day detox but if you put too many expectations if you put too many things uh on top of that i mean you have to think of this like the 90-day detox is a huge project in its own if on top of that you're going well okay i want to do that but i also want to learn to juggle and ride a unicycle and i want to Learn to walk the tightrope and I want to buy a speedboat and I want to become, uh, you know, I want to like join a uh, baseball team and I want to learn to draw. You know, like you put all these things that you're going to do. I'm going to do all these things because I'm changing my life. If you push all that in, it's like trying to, you know, stuff a bunch of uh you know what's way it an analogy i could say it's like trying to it's like it's like you're plumbing it's like you're plumbing i was trying to find a way to not to not get into this territory but let's say you just you had a big meal you know you waltz into the bathroom a couple of hours later and uh you know the toilet doesn't want to flush well you're trying to put too much into that little pipe poor thing can't handle the load sorry for that analogy this early in the morning but uh yeah, you know, it's just not all going to fit at once. You got you to gotta be reasonable. You got to be deliberate. You got to focus on what's most important. What do I need most right now? And if there's many things you want to do in the future, it's okay to kind of map that out too and go, okay, once I've kind of worked on this a bit, then I'll start working on this and this and so forth, right? But uh, I think sometimes we get so excited that we want to do all these things at once. And I think that can really just drain your energy. Um, so a great way to look at living deliberately um, from both sides of the fence and I think that can mean a lot of different things for for anybody right you did mention there Jared as well you've been listening to the minimalist podcast Uh, you can check out the minimalist podcast by uh, just checking out the show notes for this episode and maybe that'll help you with number five live life more deliberately and uh, put a little minimalism in your life you know mix it in and uh, give it a shot that might help you out Let's keep moving though. Number 6 is to love work and find purpose. And what I mean by that is that those are three things and I'm kind of I'm throwing in multiple points into one here because I feel these things all tie together. So love work and purpose. These are think of them as uh you know, they're they're like lifelines. You're out in the ocean, you're swimming in this 90-day detox and someone throws you a life preserver. Love, work, and purpose are those three that you can grab onto and just keep yourself afloat when things are tough, when you're getting tired. Now, love can be many things. That doesn't have to mean a relationship with another person. It can mean that, but it can also mean love for your kids. If you're a father or a mother, it can mean, it could just mean love for, you know, mutual love for friends or people in your life that bring value to you. It's kind of like trying to generate relationships that are positive and that are going to keep you going in the hardest times. But I feel those things are the same for work and purpose in your life. Now with work, it's good to have work, something that keeps you humble, that makes you realize that things don't come easy in life and that no one's going to hand you anything. Um, whether that be your job that you go to, uh, whether you volunteer uh, to help other people out that need it, uh, maybe you, you're you a student and you're in school and you work hard in your studies. Having that thing that makes you realize that progress happens gradually and with small steps can be really a great way to focus on what's most important because I think sometimes when we game we get so much instant gratification and things come a little easier than they do in the real world and we forget what it's like to work for something. So that one could be a little tough to implement because I know if you're not used to having to work hard for things and again that's totally okay because gaming kind of conditions you against that sometimes but whatever it might mean for you just try to have a little more work in your life to to uh, not only keep you occupied, but keep you focused. And the last one in here, love, work, and purpose. You also need to find that thing that makes you passionate, the thing that, you know, just fuels you and makes you feel great about life because, you know, having other people is great, having work is great, but at the end of the day, you have to feed your soul too, right? So whatever that might be for you, maybe you like to write or blog, uh, maybe you want to learn a a new skill of some sort, uh, whatever that might be, Just get out there, and I I promise you, if you do those three things, it it really is like having something to float on when you're out in the ocean all alone. Jared, do you find you have something similar in your life as well?
1: Uh, I do. um,
0: I I would tie that mainly
1: into um, spending more time in the moment and really enjoying and and focusing on what's important to me at the time. But what I just wanted to add to what you said there was um, don't don't feel obligated or compelled that you have to look at things um, that could... You need to love work or or the purpose at the start of your detox because what motivates you at the start of the detox might be completely different at the end. Um, So, you know, just experiment and continue through and paying attention to how you feel and how you react to not just people around you but what you're doing and continually update that and refresh that and and reflect on that. And that might be a daily when you go over your values list as well. That could go back to that first point that we
0: raised. Definitely. And uh, you kind of said you don't have to love work, right? I think that's a good point because sometimes I certainly don't love work either. And it's just like, I just want to go home and chill out for a bit. I'm tired or whatever. But I think what I've been realizing lately is sometimes when I don't love work so much, it's not always the work that's making me maybe feel uneasy. It might be something else going on. Like maybe I'm just hungry. Like it could be something simple as that. There could be something going on in your body that's making you feel like this kind of sucks. You know, I don't want to do this right now, but just kind of be more aware of what's going on. Like you could be irritated about something that happened earlier in the day and you're holding on to it. And it's making you feel like this experience is not serving me. But really, it's not even that that's the problem. You know what I mean? Um, And I found that you're right, though. You don't always have to love work, but having something to go and do that you realize you're working for a purpose, like whether it's to make money to feed your family or whether you're working because you want to further your career goals professionally, whatever it is, you're not always going to love it. But that is such a valuable lesson because you're not going to love the detox either, right? You're just not going to love it. Most days are going to be crappy, especially in the beginning. But uh, work is a great way to learn that lesson I found. Uh, So yeah, great points there. Let's move on to number seven. Number seven is to have an emergency exit. Now, this does not mean I'm done, peace out, drop the mic, I give up. No, no, no. We don't want you doing that. We want you getting through this. That's the point of this is we want you to make it through to the end. So have an emergency exit. What that really means is it's like the fire extinguisher in the office building behind the glass. Break in case of emergency, right? You're not going to go there unless you really, really need to do this because this is like a last resort. But I feel it's so important to develop a plan ahead of time that gives you that escape if things get really hard because there's going to be days, like we just said, where the detox sucks. It's not fun. And you're just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to play games again because I can't take this. I need to relax. I need to do that thing that used to make me happy peace out, I'm done. What you got to do is early on in your detox, whether it's the first week, make a plan and do this early because if you put this off, what's going to end up happening, and I'm not saying this is for sure, but the chances do go up that you might get a couple weeks in and then it gets tough and you don't have that plan and instead of going to your emergency exit, you just give up. So what this could be is... Uh, just write down a few things that you're going to do, steps you're going to take. And what I do recommend with this is that you stick to a rigid structure with what you're going to do and follow it to the letter because you don't want to leave too much room for leniency, especially when you're feeling weak because you might start making excuses for, oh, well, I don't have to do this one step because this, this, and this. And then, well, you just end up with the same result. You give up. So what this might look like, for example, is just write out a few steps. So let's say a piece of paper on the top, you can write... On my worst days, I promise to and then make a few points for me that might be something like I promise to <laughs> stop, relax, breathe. Uh, I promise to take 30 minutes to contemplate my next move. I promise to I promise to move all gaming accessories or triggers out of sight out of mind like just whatever this is for you whatever the steps might be I recommend just trying to recenter yourself make that the focus of your emergency exit find a way to recenter refocus and stop stop is a big one like you have to include that in your plan you have to make time to stop because when things are really hard you might be desperate to fix it and get back on track that you expend so much energy trying to do that that you burn yourself out and then you lose your willpower. So when I say stop, I mean like, okay, let's take this as a, as an example of a situation you might be in. You had a really hard day. There's things going on in your life that are dragging you down. It's the end of the day. Maybe work wasn't so great, and you sit down on your couch. The TV's right in front of you. And although you may have put your game console away or your PC away, you start thinking about it. You start thinking, I just need to do this right now. Stop right there when you have that thought and you're just about to give in just stop and then take out your emergency plan and go over what you decided you're going to do in this situation and follow it to the letter because you know you could either stop or option b you could just start thinking about putting yourself down going oh here i am thinking about games i'm useless why am i doing this i can't do this detox You might start thinking like, I need a way to fix this right now or I'm just going to game. I need someone to help me right now. I can't do this on my own. And you get that negative self-talk going because you're already so worked up. It's going to lead you down a bad path. To put this into more maybe concise terms, let's just summarize this. Have your plan somewhere where you can access it, whether that's on your phone in a note, fold it up in your pocket, somewhere accessible. You can get to it when you need it most. Read it over. Make sure to stop first. Follow the steps to the letter, whatever those are for you. That's going to recenter yourself. And then after you're done, this is the most important thing. After you've read your plan, you've taken the time, you need to give yourself time to adjust. You need to take a mini vacation right there because what's going to happen when you're on the edge of relapse is there's going to be a lot of stress. There's going to be a lot of emotional turmoil. There's going to be a lot in your brain going on. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to feel burnt out and you're going to feel weak and you that willpower is not going to be there so you need to take that mini vacation to relax and recharge yourself whatever that is even if it's just a half hour of going for a walk doing something you love working on one of your hobbies something that makes you passionate whatever it is give yourself that time it doesn't matter if you had prior commitments explain to the person you made commitments with i'm sorry i'm having a hard time i need some time to myself take it for yourself so you don't relapse And when you feel ready, continue on your path. I hope that makes sense. I know that's a lot to take in, but develop a plan for yourself and save that in case of emergency. Jared, do you have anything to add to that?
1: I think it's very important that you said to stop. Um, One thing that when I was developing some worksheets of how to try and break down some of the problems or some of the frustrations I have, not just at work but in life, is um, the top of the worksheet I always wrote, stop, pause, and reflect just by slowing everything down and having a look at that, it, it really helps you break down to what are the problems, what are causing you to be in this situation, or what causing you to be unhappy. Um, and you know, for me, my emergency exit plan is always running. I just, I agree. I, I usually tell people, sorry, I know that we had a meeting this morning, or we wanted to catch up this afternoon, but I have to run. I just have to do it, or I'm not going to be very good company, or I'm not going to be very helpful. And generally, after a while of establishing that habit. Um, you know whatever your emergency exit plan is um everyone will see or recognize that after you have that time to yourself and implement your plan that you'll be better off and you'll be more helpful or more um enthusiastic for attacking whatever task you're on to
0: next definitely, and uh, running's great. I always hear uh that uh when you run your your mind just clears it's like cathartic you know it just it's an incredible thing really
1: and it's true. I mean, I could solve probably all the world's problems when I'm running and come up with the solutions to world peace and all that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> I kind of feel that way when I'm in the shower sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very similar, yeah. So there you go. Find out your emergency plan. Have it, but remember, don't lean on that either. The emergency plan you want to use in case of emergency. So hopefully it's not something you're going to every week, uh, multiple times a week, but I mean, everybody's experience is different. Just know that you have that lifeline there if you need it, but uh, make sure you have it. And like I said, draft it up early on so you have it when you need it most. Let's move on to number eight. We're just about through the list here. This is one that Jared came up with and I really, really like a lot. Uh, It's to save time for reflection. And we talked about this earlier. We alluded to uh, living in the moment and how living in the moment is important But sometimes you need to think about the past or the future, and those aren't necessarily bad things either if they're measured and done to your benefit. So how can reflection, looking back into the past, help us on this 90-day detox? Uh,
1: Yep, so um, the easiest way that I did this, and I can relate to this, is just writing your journal. Um, So what it does, or reflecting, is it forces you to sit down and uh, go over, essentially, Not just what you've achieved or what you've managed to um, deal with in the previous day, but also what might be causing you issues or what might be causing you to feel frustrated or um, uh, angry or perplexed or whatever you're feeling. And then also identifies what the big issues are for you to go forward. what I found is um, by writing it out, it generally writing it out and then going back and reading it. Found I, I found a lot of the solutions myself. I kind of worked out what I have achieved or what I need to do myself before reaching out to anyone else. So before you hit that that post button, um, I found I'd pretty much solved a lot of my own problems. Um, with those ones that I, I wasn't able to, to solve. And when they did go up, um, I found that other people had solutions that they're in similar situations that could help as well. Um, and that's getting that bird's eye
0: view of, of where you're at and um, where you're trying to go to. And I can so agree with that. When you said you go back and read what you wrote, that really does help your brain to, you know, store that, information whatever it might be for you and and i find that is the number one way at least in my opinion to reflect you know because you do have to do that you have to look at how far you've come especially on something like this you could get two months in and like it happened to me to two months in i look back and went wow where is the time gone and if you're not like Documenting that in some way for me, it's this podcast has been a great way to do that. But if you're not documenting it in some way, when you look back, you might not realize how much you've actually grown, which you deserve to look back and recognize that there's nothing wrong and it's not a self centered thing to do because you're taking on something that's very difficult to complete. And by looking back, it's, it's totally okay to look back and go, I've done well here, you know, and maybe I could have improved here, but I've also done well in these things and congratulate yourself for that because that'll just give you that boost you need to keep going. And that's very important. So reflection time is huge. And however you do that, that's up to you. It could be writing, could be just, uh, speaking with a friend once a week about your progress, could be, uh, going on social media and posting updates, or maybe you're a photographer and you like to take pictures of things that, uh, can represent that progress in you. Whatever it is, find a way to do it and just look back every now and then on those things you've documented and and just reflect and remember. Uh, And like I said, be honest with yourself. It's okay to look at what you've done wrong and want to improve, but it's also okay to look at what you've done right. Nothing wrong with that at all. So number nine on our list is to note your weaknesses. Note your weaknesses. Now, I came up with this one because this is something that I kind of came about unexpectedly when I took this on. You know, it can be hard to do, to note your weaknesses. We just talked about this, you know, reflection time, look back at what you could have improved on. Sometimes you note your weaknesses in the moment as well, not always by looking back. I've noticed in myself that, for example, even I'll I'll be completely honest just this last week when I said I went to that dinosaur museum, there was something there that kind of triggered memories of gaming in me. And it's strange because they can come up at the weirdest times, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. Like something will just remind you, and it might seem unrelated, but then you can't stop thinking about it. And even though I've literally just completed this thing, I still have those thoughts, you know? And what I can do in that moment is ask myself, is that a weakness? Am I weak right now or am I just maybe having a thought? you got to ask yourself in the moment, is this a weakness or is this a sign of progress? And I want this to go both ways because when I had those thoughts at the Dinosaur Museum, for example, I was reading on some old fossil that they had found. It was like one of the most complete dinosaur fossils they apparently have ever found. Um, And it was actually dug up in Fort McMurray, north of where I live. Um, And I was reading like this, text about it and it kind of reminded me of those video games where you do exploration you know and then you get to learn like the history of the world and they'll give you a little like you know paragraph on this thing or whatever it is that you've just discovered right for like a good 10 minutes after that I was thinking about you know what I wouldn't mind uh, playing an exploration game or something like that you know I just it was on my mind and I realized though At first I was going, this is a weakness. I'm still weak because I'm still thinking about video games when I'm supposed to be just enjoying my life and I don't want to be focusing on that. But then I started to think about it differently. After about 10 minutes I realized, maybe this is actually a good thing because the way I dealt with it was what really mattered. I didn't just let it fester and sit and get bigger and bigger until I couldn't handle it anymore and then got home and decided, well, I'm going to game now because... I didn't deal with it. Instead, I analyzed what that thought meant and why I had it. And I realized the trigger is just there because it's learned behavior. It's not me that's bringing that up. And if this happens to you, it's not you necessarily either. It's just your old habits coming back. Something triggered something in you. Does that make you weak? No, I think if you think about it and you can dismiss that thought patiently and just give it the time to move through you and realize that you're not attached to that thought. It's just learned behavior that's actually a sign of strength because you were able to deal with that instead of caving in. So when I say note your weaknesses, be sure of what those are. And I wanted to tell that story first because it can be easy to confuse what a weakness might be. Now, what I see as some weaknesses in me personally might be if I'm around... Uh, The certain types of games that used to pull me in, like RPGs and stuff like that, that's not going to be good for me. That might lead to a weakness where I go, I start justifying, oh, well, I could probably just, you know, play for a bit or something. That's going to be a weakness because I'm allowing myself to give into that thought that I had, that trigger. You see what I'm saying? Maybe a weakness for you might be something else. It might not be susceptibility to want to play when you're in the same uh, vicinity of games but a weakness might be something like i don't do well with um going into the electronic section even something as simple as that at a a store and seeing the games there because that makes me want to play again well if you note that as a weakness what you can do to help build up your strength is just take note of that go okay well when i go to walmart and go shopping or whatever i'm just going to avoid that section because right now i'm detoxing right and eventually you might find by noting those weaknesses, turning them into strengths, those things aren't going to bother you anymore. Eventually you'll be able to go into that electronic section and be like, eh, whatever. I don't even, I don't care about this stuff anymore. So note your weaknesses, learn how to turn them into strengths, turn them around. Just be honest with yourself about what makes you weak, what makes you want to go back and take up your habit again. Hopefully that makes sense. I try to explain it as best as I can, but uh, yeah, just being self-aware
1: um and I I see knowing your weaknesses or your triggers as uh, like a reactive uh, sorry a proactive um, trait versus reflecting is uh, reactive and they can work hand in hand um, and I think you hit the nail on the head with what you covered off on coming up with solutions and adapt to, or making adapt how to overcome them or how to deal with them or to turn them into strengths and you know, for me for example. A big one for me is music, Um, like I always used to listen to a lot of music when I was playing games, um, whether that be chip tunes or like heavier type music, so when I hear them now I feel the urges and I think oh you know maybe I can just duck away and have a quick game or it won't matter if I just let myself dwell or enjoy this moment. Um, So I just really got, I just have noticed that and I jump on it as quickly as I can.
0: Definitely. And like you said, music, there might be certain songs or something that remind you of when you used a game too. And I know that can be a weakness as well. But again, it's like you just said, you can turn that stuff into strengths too if you're, you know, diligent in that. Like, for example, there's certain theme music that I might hear from video games that make me go, oh man, I remember like sitting there for hours and playing like Halo or or something. And you hear that Halo theme song with all the the monks, you know. And (laughs) you just go... Oh, well, like, yeah, that would be fun to go do that. You know, there was a point where I was studying and I would put on video game music to help me study. And then I realized the more I did that, the more I wanted to game and it became a problem. So just because you might be like, well, I genuinely like that music, you know, and I just want to enjoy like the creation that someone made without gaming. That doesn't mean you'll never be able to listen to that song again. You know what I mean? Like you could turn that into a, a point in your life where that doesn't trigger something in you. But you have to do the work to get there. And that just means knowing your weaknesses, knowing that, okay, maybe now it's week one of the detox. I'm probably not going to put on the Halo soundtrack at this point because that's going to trigger something in me, right?
1: Yeah, I so, agreed. You got to put the work in to get there.
0: Note your weaknesses and be honest and just be patient and try your best to gradually turn them into strengths. That leaves us with one more. Number 10 and I feel it ties nicely with number nine, is to learn from your failures. Because sometimes a weakness may lead you to failure. And failure is not the end. And I think this is fitting for the last point because failure is just another chance to start again. It does not mean that you fail and you'll never have the same opportunity you had the first time around. I think something that many of us have learned from the 90 day detox is that even if you have to restart from day one because you gamed, it just means you go in stronger the second time because you know what it's like to lose your progress. Jared, you you came up with this final point and I feel like it's probably very personal for you. You probably have some stories to tell around it. So I'd like to hear how has this, you know, taught you something? How have you learned from your, your failures?
1: So, yeah, this one uh, was quite a big one for me um, because I think the, the main learning point or the, um, one of the contributing uh, factors that I got uh, for what I got out of the 90-day detox, was my relapse over Easter. Um, I found that um, before that, before the relapse, I, I kind of didn't implement a lot of the tools. Um, I didn't really have a clear direction of where I wanted to go or my end state from it all. Um, and I think once I, I sat down um, and that number reset from, I think it was up to 22 days down to, to zero, um, it really made me think about what, what am I trying to achieve at this? Why am I doing this? Um, do I really want to do this? Um, and it helped me not only identify the triggers that caused me to relapse or my weaknesses that I ultimately succumbed to, but I came up with a quite a clear plan of how to combat them I found that afterwards I had a very sharp focus um, and um, I found that uh, I'd rather than, I I basically took away from it that it's not going to be something that solves itself overnight, it's going to take effort and I I may never be free of it and some people may never be free of it and always be thinking about it. Um, But then I just used that to my advantage so if it did get me angry that I was still thinking or had those urges then I went okay well I need to. Hold myself more accountable or I need to come up for a new way of um, basically making sure that i 'm not in that situation again and why I was in that situation so I came out it with a much clearer plan I came out with a, a newfound sense of uh, motivation I guess to do that and ultimately I had a handful of new tools of how to to deal with that situation if I found myself in it again and to me that is really the biggest thing that I took away from the detox um, is because before that, I, I didn't have any solutions or I didn't have any tools to deal with either anxiety or or if I was failing or not progressing as fast as I could. But um, now I did, and uh, I wouldn't be able to achieve that if I didn't have that relapse. So Yeah, you definitely learn something or as much from failures as you do from success as well.
0: Wow. You know, it's like, The failure is probably like the greatest gift you could have got because it's like you said, you know, it sucks to fail. It doesn't feel good. You know, it's hard to face that and go, I I screwed up. But it's like you said, there's redemption in that on the other side. You just don't see it immediately. And I think that's why we're all so scared to fail because we think that if we fail, then that means... We let ourselves down, we let other people down, we, we didn't live up to the potential that we thought we had, and that means it's the end. It is not the end, it's it's not. And for you, someone who can sit here now, who's at a day 100, and, and just be able to say that I failed, and say that honestly to people, and not be scared of that, but rather look at it as a positive thing, and be happy that you failed, is proof that it, there's nothing wrong with failing. Of course, if you can get through the 90 days without failing, that's incredible. That's a good thing. But if you fail, just know that you're really just going to have a leg up on those who maybe didn't go through the failure. In a way, it'll take you longer to finish. But just like Jared here, you're going to come out even stronger because you know you never want to do that again. You never want to go through that again. You don't want to fail again. So it really is the greatest motivator. It's kind of like thinking of, you know, people pay hundreds of dollars sometimes to have life coaches come and talk to them and give them advice and help them through the tough times. But failure is is free, you know, and that can sometimes be the best life coach of all.
1: And I think uh, there's a few people that say that like fail stands for uh, first attempt in learning. Um, So it's quite a common concept
0: uh, that fail is a good thing. Definitely is. So that is our top 10 list or survival kit for the 90-day detox. I'm just going to recap them for you right here, right now to see what we went over today. And I encourage you to, you know, start putting some of these into practice if you're doing the detox, you're thinking about it, or just in your own life. I mean, you can apply a lot of these things to your own life. It doesn't have to be the 90-day detox. So let's look at number one again. It was to make a values list. And that is whatever is important to you, like the type of things that let you lead the life you want to live and become the person you want to be. So that values list can, remember, have anything on there, anything that is important to you that you want to strive towards or, you know, start living on a daily basis. Number two, to change your environment. And that goes not only physically. I said you can move the furniture all you want, but if you don't change the you know, lay out inside your head and try to curb some of these bad habits that you might have, you're going to carry that environment with you everywhere you go. So, you know, yeah, you certainly can move things around in your room. You know, you can, uh, like, even like Jared, he put his PC away. He even bought a new PC because the old one would just, you know, had too many memories tied to it. Whatever it might be, you can do that. But also remember to take care of yourself and change the environment and the way you react to things the old habits you might have. Um, Number three, we talked about spending more time in the moment, which is very important. There is also a place for reflection and uh, looking into the future, but try to spend as much time as you can in the moment because this is really all you have to make a change is what's happening right now. So start making change right now. Number four is to go public with your commitment. We talked about using social media, even just a small group of friends, or like I said, if you want to get ballsy, Tell, tell your STEAM friends, I'm done. And if you ever see me on here again, give me shit. Whatever you got to do to go public it, it really does help to, to keep you going. Uh, number five, live life more deliberately. I really like that one. That's one that Jared came up with. And that kind of, it, it captures a lot of different things. But I think one thing we talked about was minimalism and trying to not only maybe not, it doesn't mean just buying less things, but it means having more focus, being deliberate, uh, committing to the things that you say you're going to do, but don't overload yourself. Don't, you know, try to do too many things all at the same time. Be patient and just be deliberate in the things that you do. Number six, live, work, or sorry, I keep reading this one wrong. I don't know what it is. I think it's just that I can't read my own writing. Uh, number six is love, work, and purpose. I, I guess you could throw live in there if you want, but love, work, and purpose. Those were your three life preservers out in the ocean of the 90-day detox where love can be friends, family, just support a support system that's positive to keep you going. Also, understanding the value of work to kind of curb some of that instant gratification that you might have been getting from excessive gaming and just trying to learn that sometimes you have to be patient and work hard for things, which, as we said, you don't have to love work all the time. You certainly do not, but uh, it's a good lesson to learn and having that purpose, that passion, that thing that fuels you, drives you, makes you feel alive is just, it's equally as important as your support system and working hard. Number seven, have an emergency exit. Remember a break the glass in case of emergency, something you can write down, carry with you and use in your worst moment so you can avoid a potential relapse into your old habits. And number eight, Time for reflection, which as we talked about, living in the moment is very beneficial to you, but if you can reflect in a positive way that helps you see your progress and congratulate yourself for the successes, that's good too. So that could be journaling, writing, uh, talking to a friend about your experience once a week, uh, podcasting, whatever it is for you. Number nine, note your weaknesses. And as we talked, that means understanding what might make you weak, where you might need some improvement, but also trying to Not just let those things be. Try to gradually and patiently turn them into strengths, which can be done. That's something that, of course, is going to take you longer into your process to achieve, but I do recommend it's something you're always working on. And finally, number 10, to learn from your failures. So if you can do that, just like Jared said, I mean, great stuff there. It's the best way to realize what matters and really give you that motivational push if you do happen to fail not the end of the world just keep going keep doing everything you can to reach success man that was just incredible we, we went through all 10 and it is late for you jared i i gotta say a big thank you i mean everybody around the world if we can give this guy a round of applause or something because it's two in the morning there for you uh, you're still smiling you still seem like you're you want to be here so i appreciate uh you you know taking time out of your day
1: yeah no worries at all and uh yeah thanks for having me on uh, it was a blast and uh, hopefully that the stuff we talked about is going to help other people in the community
0: yeah i'm sure it is I'm, I'm really sure it is and again big congratulations to you on 100 days that's just fantastic and keep her going and uh i'm i'm sure that like you said you know you've learned a lot of lessons i i have no doubts that uh you're happy with the changes you've made in your life i could see that and uh, I, I wish that this, I wish the same for anybody who's listening who may be struggling right now. Just know that, uh, you know, this episode was here to help show you that there are people out there who have done this. It might seem impossible sometimes, but there's more people than you think. Uh, if I can do it, if Jared could do it, so can you. And uh, we, we do wish you the best. Jared, before we go, is there anything else that you want to cover or talk about that we didn't get a chance to maybe speak about today? Any bonus tips? <laughs>
1: so the only other point that I really have is if you do have the opportunity to talk to Cam, I do recommend it. Um, while it may feel like he's a you know, uh, person that you can't talk to or you can't reach because he's always uh, very busy and keeping himself pro- um, very productive, but um, you'll find that he... Um, Having a chat to him, he's very genuine and uh, he will actually be able to put a lot of things in perspective for you. Um, and a lot of things that I got out from my discussion with him in Vegas was nothing new, but it was um, because it was coming from someone else and someone that's gone through it and someone who's you know basically created this community, I found it um, very valuable. So yeah, I do recommend if you can get a chance to talk to him, um, you know, grasp it.
0: Fantastic. And you know what? I'll give all the listeners here an inside tip because I work closely with Cam and I've learned a few things about him. So Cam, I'm, I'm opening up on your behalf. <laughs> he's not here. This is what happens. But uh, I'll tell you something about Cam. I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. Uh, he's a great guy. But if you really do want to talk to Cam and you want to ask him a question about something, he, you're right, Jared. He is very busy. He does a ton of things. But sometimes I know Cam really appreciates and respects when someone reaches out to him and is genuine in their approach, but also isn't afraid to be upfront, honest, and just transparent about things, right? If you have a question and you'd want to share it with him, don't be scared to just ask. And if you have to ask more than once, don't be afraid to do that either. Don't think just because you left a YouTube comment and he didn't get back to you, but which by the way, he's really good about, like that's incredible too. I've noticed as he responds yeah, to a fair, lot of those. Every but, comment he, he replies to. Definitely. But like, even if you leave one and he doesn't get back to you, don't be like, oh, well, yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to talk to me or, you know, he's, you know, fake or something. It's so not true. The guy's incredibly busy, but just try again. Try sending him another message. When I uh, had to get to him for this podcast, I had to send a couple emails back and forth before we eventually got here. It didn't just happen. I didn't just, you know, email him once and he was like, yep, let's do it. It was, you know, there's you have to be patient, but if if you have a question for him or uh, anything along those lines, you know, just uh, like I said, show that you're genuine, transparent, and and don't be afraid to try more than once if it really means something to you to to get you know pick his brain on something. Um, yeah, and the that goes the same for the community though too, not just Cam. Like Cam obviously started this thing, and uh, he's got a lot of knowledge on the subject, but there's. I promise you, great people like Jared in the community that know a lot about what it's like to get over something like this. So go to those people as well. They're just as valuable and uh, just as willing to help, I find. So with that being said, uh, wow, I can't believe that we've both done this. I I mean, like, uh, here we are, 90 days, podcast still going strong, episode 14. And... I think that's all I got to say. Wow. Thank you, Jared, for being here. Sincerely, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. For full-length episodes of the Game Quitters podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash gamequitters. Or visit us online at www.gamequitters.com.